Welcome to our first episode of Troubled, A Return to Haven. This is a rewatch podcast dedicated to the sci-fi channel show called Haven based on the Stephen King novella, The Colorado Kid. Uh, show premiered 10 years ago, so I totally thought it was a timely... Oh, God, I'm going to say timely time, aren't I? It's a timely time uh, to release a rewatch pod, right? Uh, so thanks for returning to Haven with us. I'm one of your hosts, Alex French. I'm a writer, filmmaker, do a bunch of stuff, obviously a podcaster. I have a website some would call a blog called createascope.com, C-R-E-A-T-I, scope. It's like a creative kaleidoscope. It's a terrible name, I know. But you can check out what I write there. It's mostly about comic books and Survivor, the TV show on CBS. But my co-host over here. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Rich French. I'm a former army sergeant and a healthcare manager, but now I'm giving it a go as a podcaster. Obviously, the thing I'm most famously known for is being Alex's dad. Yeah. So we, we, we wanted to do the Haven Rewatch podcast because, first of all, we think back to when we initially watched it. We liked Sci-Fi Network. We loved Eureka. Eureka is one of our favorite shows we used to watch together. So we decided that we would watch Haven. And then after we getting into Haven, we decided 10 years later, like Alex said, this is a great time to do a rewatch podcast on Haven. Let's see how it stands to test the time. Is it viable today? And One of my motivations for doing this Haven Rewatch podcast is that I actually didn't finish the last half season, maybe. Uh, I might have gone halfway through season five, which is double length. It's almost like a sixth season, but I never finished. And I've been, th- I've been thinking about it for years that I wanted to go back, finish it, but I just don't remember enough. So I was thinking about rewatching it. Then we wanted to start a rewatch podcast, father and son rewatch podcast. And uh, we wanted to pick a show that we both know and we're big Stephen King fans. We read his books. I think you've read a lot more than I have. Yeah, I've been reading them since I turned 18. I mean, I even uh, turned your mom on to Stephen King. She hadn't even really heard of him before then. And uh, She'll dispute that, I feel like. I think she said she read The Stand first. Oh, she did not. She did <laughs> not read The Stand first. Her first Stephen King book was The Gunslinger. Really? Yes. Oh, I thought it was the stand. That, that's how that, that's how your uh, name almost became Roland. That's horrible. Um, Aren't you lucky we didn't do that? I'm yeah. very lucky. Uh, I'm rereading Gunslinger now. What was the last King book you read? Uh, the last one I remember was the, the Kennedy assassination book. Oh, was, was it like something 63, 11 something, 11 something, 63? The James, they turned into the James Franco show on Hulu, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it. Um, yeah, but I heard. I, it, I heard it was good, and I know you really liked the book. The book was excellent. He he I, he won some national awards for that, and it was well deserved. It's a, it's an excellent book. And, oh, was it? Did you finish the Mercedes trilogy? Was yes, that, I did. That was yeah. the most. Was that most the most recent thing? Maybe you read. There, there's a different. There, there's a, a revival, maybe. Yeah, revival. I think that's the last. Okay. The last one. Because it's supposed I, to be like Lovecraftian, right? Yes, yes, and uh, it's, it's his homage to, to Lovecraft, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. And like Love, Lovecraft, it's, uh, it's pretty dark. It's yeah. Kind of soul-crushing. All right, so Haven ran for, like I said, five seasons, uh, even though the fifth season feels like six because it's double the amount of episodes that a normal season was. But uh, we started with the pilot, obviously. It's not going to do some crazy podcast. We're watching them out of order. Not that I've ever ran into one of those, but... Now I'm just waiting for the day. Hopefully someone hears this and makes a crazy podcast. So, okay, we watched the pilot. It begins with a generic cityscape. We don't, it just shows some random city. We're not told what it is. And we go to Audrey's bedroom or Audrey's bedroom. She's awakened by Agent Howard. Uh, we're introduced to the character, Audrey Parker. She has no real life. She has not much furniture, just books. And Howard's, uh, there's been a murder, federal agent's dead, uh, the guy escapes, right, imprisonment, and he's escaped to Maine, and she's got to go chase him, right? He, he kills a federal guard in, yeah. in, in, in his escape. And uh, i just like to point out during that scene, her alarm goes off, and she's awoken to uh, Love Will Keep Us Together by Captain Tennille from the 70s. And I just want to state two things. One, it sucks as much now as it did in the 70s. And uh, a person her age would never have that station on her alarm clock. Okay, in 2010, did people even have radio alarm clocks anymore? I just used my phone. Well, they still exist. And uh, someone, uh, what, what's her character's age supposed to be in there? What, what would you peg her at? I would guess like 30. 
30. That's it. That, that's exactly what I, I was thinking. Too. Yeah. So a 30 year old in 2010 yeah, might still have a, might still have a alarm clock. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe. What did you use? Did you use a radio alarm clock? You no, know, you had a regular alarm clock, right? It had a radio on it, but uh, yeah. You didn't I use got, it. No, I, I, I found a $5 alarm clock at Walmart that has the most annoying <laughs> buzz that it's impossible to oversleep the alarm itself. It is possible to get up and turn it off and go back to bed. And, yeah, uh, that's why you got to keep it across the across the room. I feel like radio alarm clocks are just things from movies. I feel like people haven't used radio alarm clocks in real life. It, it was the, the co-star of uh, Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You couldn't so this, make the movie without it. Exactly. I, f- I feel like movies and TV shows popularized radio alarm clocks. I don't know. Obviously, I was born in the early 90s, but back, but in the past, like, 25 years, the people still use those, really. Yeah, but now you know what you're getting for your next birthday gift. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> uh, okay, well, how do you feel about... So, she's introduced. She's got to go to Haven, Maine. We're getting... A, we're giving a little exposition about... We're giving a little exposition about where she comes from, you know, a blind alley's better than wherever she's from, and that she fucked up some Miami case, but we're not told anything about the Miami case. And, and that was frustrating to me. I wanted to know exactly what happened. Like, you know, what, what rabbit holes was she going down? I mean, why, what did she do that he, that he really had to reprimand her for? And that uh, I would have liked to have known that she yeah. goes with her gut too much, kind of, you know, that's, <laughs> Well, one, they were saying, uh, we listened to the, there's two commentaries on the episode on the Blu-rays. The first one that's like the producers and the actors, they talk about that scene was shot way later. As, you know, you would shoot all the stuff in Maine and then shoot that stuff in a studio. It looks like a studio to me. Uh, And then you just, that's where you shoot the skyline. Right, uh, Nova Scotia. Not that there's much of a difference between Maine and Nova Scotia. Obviously, why they chose to film there. For Haven, but wherever they're saying Audrey's from. Generic big city, number one, right? Yeah, exactly. Could be anywhere. I think they shot the scene later, so I'm not even sure that this scene initially existed. I want to say they mentioned that it started with, that it originally started with her arriving in Maine, her driving into Maine, and then we were going to find out information expositionally later i think it was the commentary because uh i think exactly what it was was uh they read it in the casting but then it wasn't in the pilot and and then Mm -hmm. they brought it back in so right so i think it was a bit rushed they kind of threw it in there to give us a bit of audrey like okay she doesn't have many personal items uh she's kind of a cavalier she kind of has like a little she's got a little rough side you know we don't know what happened in miami or how she grew up but it's pretty it's pretty sloppy and pretty rough i would say i'm not sure that this is a good beginning this isn't to me a good opening scene to the pilot like what do you think I would agree. I think uh, it, it, it does. It looks kind of haphazard, like it was thrown mm-hmm. together, just t- tacked on. I think it would have been, uh, you know, probably would have been better starting on the road to Maine. And, Me too. Yeah. And then we we get right into the action. Or the chasing on the cliff was like, which is our next scene. Let's talk about that. So we transition pretty roughly from Audrey agreeing to go to Maine to this guy. What's the criminal's name? Con- uh, uh, it's Jonas. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Jonas Lester. Jonas Lester. So we get this guy, Jonas Lester. He's running in the dark, or we assume it's Jonas Lester. We don't really know. And then somebody's chasing him, and then he's telekinetically gets thrown off the cliff, right? Yes, that's exactly what happens. And then we get so, the, big, the big haven, the big haven title card comes fl- coming out, appearing out of the clouds. Well, and, and Howard, Howard introduced Jonas Lester t- in the, that intro scene by giving yeah. him, giving, uh, giving Audrey the file. So we do make an assumption that, that Jonas Lester is the one running. It was not an assumption because when they opened the file folder, they had a picture of him. So we knew mm-hmm. that was Jonas Lester running with his gun. And then, which is, uh, you're thinking, oh, wait a minute. He's the criminal. Are the cops onto him? And then when he stops and then gets launched into launched you know, out over the cliff, <laughs> to me, I was like, okay, there's something supernatural going on here. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Real quick, did you like Agent Howard? Uh, Agent Howard takes one of Audrey's little teen vampire novels. Did you like that little moment? Yeah, I think that was a. Yeah. I think that that, that was that was pretty cool. You know, you know, it's kind of like you and I. Sometimes you know, you're able to turn me on to some things that I normally maybe I wouldn't read or watch. So, <laughs> I, I think that that's cool. You know, Howard's like, oh, you know, geez, if Audrey will read this, maybe I should give it a try. And uh, but you're saying you won't watch Gilmore Girls. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, we'll do a Golden Girls rewatch next. Then. <laughs> oh yeah, you're saying you liked the Haven appearing. So normally, 
in the normal episodes, we get a full title sequence where we get opening credits and it's got a cool theme song and there's a bunch of clips and stuff, but in the pilot, that's kind of gone because sometimes pilots are a little different than the rest of the show, right? So right now they don't have that. It's just the Haven title coming out of the sky. And you were saying you liked it a lot. I, I thought it was just really neat. Just comes right out of the clouds and like that. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a technique. I know it's, uh, you know, you know, probably from 10 to 15 years ago, it was really popular. I know you've, you've uh, mentioned some shows like Lost would also uh, have it like that. I just I just think it's a clever way to introduce a show. And, uh, you know, I find it appealing. It might not, not everybody's cup of tea, but I dig it. No, 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 it's, it's cool. It's very J.J. Abrams. Um, like he does stuff like that in Lost, Fringe. Fringe, I felt, had a very like text appearing in the sky randomly. But I liked it. It was just very 2010. Heroes. Yeah, Heroes would have some similar stuff, right? Like with... Uh... Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't even remember, to be honest, how Heroes did stuff like that. You're probably right. After that, we get the person thrown off, Haven title. Uh, the real kind of beginning of the story, and it does feel like this too, is Audrey driving in and we're kind of introduced to the town a bit. And there's random kind of cracks in the ground, little fissures, and she goes sliding off the road, right? crashes funny thing right before the ground you know the the fissure opens up as it's happening her radio station changes and love will keep us together by captain and tenille still sucking comes on the radio again so you know does that is that portend to something in the in the future is that some foreshadowing you'll have to come back and listen to uh future episodes to find out (laughs) All right, already shilling for our next episode. Please come back. I think what was also weird was on the radio, just like a little thing, was they were talking about some weird stuff on the radio. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, of Tommy Bolt's seven missing fingers, only six were found, is what the host, Ryan Wisely, <laughs> says. So I thought that was a pretty weird little thing. Like, who did his did seven of his fingers get cut off, but he got three of them still? And then they went looking, but only found like, you know, where were they looking from? Was it like in a fishing accident? Did some, some guy come and chop off his fingers? I feel like that's yeah. another story into it's like all on its own. Which is funny that that's not a Stephen King story, but it sounds like something <laughs> Stephen King would yeah. do. So I give it, I give credit to Ernst and Dunn for, for coming up with that. Oh yeah. And an important thing to talk about is if you're watching Haven on Netflix, which all seasons are on Netflix is the music will be a little different. That's why we, opted to watch on blu-ray but we still kind of try to check out the netflix episodes to, to hear that the music has been changed it's like a licensing thing it can be costly for netflix to be streaming licensed music that's used every episode so what they do is they change it out for generic music that to me always sounds like christian rock particularly it's pretty, pretty bad in supernatural and scrubs are like two shows i noticed it in uh netflix and hulu both doing Oh yeah, Netflix ain't gonna ain't gonna crack out the money for uh, you know Kansas and you know they don't want to hear "Carry On Wayward Son," which is well. Like, I, um, I saw Kansas at a free concert, all right, in Denver. I, weren't you there too? I don't recall seeing that one because okay. uh, it was in Civic but, Center Park. I was like, I saw Kansas for free. I feel like Kansas would well, be the taste one. Taste of Colorado. You yeah. must have saw him. Yeah. Hey, they, like... <laughs> dude, the dude's got an eye patch, man. He's rocking the pirate look. <laughs> oh god, I feel Ladies like dig the pirate look. I'll trust your word. Okay, so she crashes. Her car's teetering on the edge. Um, she's teetering on the edge. A guy comes. Uh, well, he kind of tries to knock on the window. And she says she's fine, right? Or something. Yeah, she, and then he, he, he walks away. Yeah, and he's like, okay, you're fine. And uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he goes to the other side of the yeah, car. Yeah, she's like typical. Like, great, right when I do need him. And then he shows up on the other side and lets her out. Pretty cool, though. How, you know, as soon as he kind of pulls her out, car goes off the cl- off the cliff and obviously crashes below and uh i know you're very fond of a of, of one of the lines in in this scene when uh he pulls his gun out on her because he knows oh, yeah, yeah. her gun holstered and then she pulls her gun and uh yeah yeah so they have their guns pulled on each other and she's like let me see some id and he's like, i'm a cop he shows his id and then she goes to reach for hers she goes yeah. to reach for hers and he's like whoa 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 and she's like what am i gonna do i'm gonna pull out a second gun 
I thought that was pretty awesome. It's a pretty, it's probably my favorite moment of the pilot, like comedy wise, especially comedy wise. Yeah. And it, it establishes uh, their banter and which is one of the things that uh, makes the show great. And, Cause how uh, many movies do they do that where they got a gun and they're reaching they're like, Whoa, 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 you know, what are you doing? And it's like, well, what are they going to do? They're going to pull out a bigger gun. Like I, yeah. I guess if it's like a movie with a nuclear bomb, but uh, short of that, what are they going to do? Pull out a second gun. Double this one's got you. a silencer. This one's yeah. got a silencer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it was asinine, but it was hilarious. Is that, that very good writing? Yeah. So that's us getting introduced to Nathan Warnos. He's a deputy with Haven PD. Do you want to talk about Nathan a little bit? He's pretty. I'll say I'll talk about my opinion from him when I first watched it. Was I thought he was when I first watched the show. I thought he was very vanilla. I thought he was pretty boring, and I wasn't much a fan of Nathan. But rewatching it now. I don't know if it's because I'm older or I won't say I'm a better writer. I guess that I've written more, maybe increase in quality is uh, questionable. But now that I've tried writing more and just watching more stuff, now that I'm a bit older, I, I actually appreciated Nathan's character a lot more than I did when I was like 17, 18 watching this show. Yeah, I uh, I like Nathan. I, I liked him. I liked him the first time, but obviously I was uh, you know considerably older than you. you know, for for the record, twenty year difference, and I and you guys can do the math. Of what what a, how old I was ten years ago? But <laughs> I, I like Nathan a, a lot. He he's he's a stand up dude, and he's uh, you know. You know, he's got issues with his dad. By God, I, I know I had issues with my dad. I, I like I, I like him as a character. I think he's he doesn't get enough credit for his dry sense of humor and that. Yeah. And he's and he's and he cares about the people in the town. He's not my favorite character, Emily. I'm, my favorite character is Audrey Parker. I think probably the first time it was Nathan, but this time it's Audrey Parker. But Nathan's my second favorite. Wow. So yeah, I would probably well. So as a kid, I'd probably say Duke was my like favorite, and we'll get to Duke here in a minute, just because I thought he was more interesting. Now, I gotta agree. Probably his drier sense of humor. I guess maybe it's like a maturity thing that I enjoy his drier sense of humor. I appreciate his sense of responsibility i guess and maybe that's boring maybe i like i hope i'm not saying like oh, i'm more boring of a person now i i enjoy nathan's stoic demeanor also i i would say yeah i would just say nathan's was my favorite of the episode actually he was probably my he's my he was the most interesting character to me and the most fun yeah i uh, for me audrey is the uh is my my favorite but nathan's a close second and uh i don't want to get too much into why audrey's my favorite because the big chunks of that were not up to that point yet kind of in the arc so i'll save that for uh down the road a bit yeah the mystery is teased very soon here okay so he saves her they go to investigate you know some crime scene stuff we get a lot of uh it's a lot of boring exposition it's not boring i'll say this it's a lot of exposition she goes to check out the body with nathan um oh we're missing one important part they're getting in the in the nathan's really cool bronco his truck's pretty cool uh they're getting in this cool blue bronco He's letting her in, slams the door on his hand, feels nothing. Uh, I thought that was a... So Nathan can't feel... I forgot what they call it. It doesn't really matter. Uh, He can't feel... He has no... He can't feel pain. He has no sensory. He has no sense of touch, right? He can't feel things. Uh, So when they slam the door on his hand, he's pretty... doesn't, Doesn't react to the pain and that'll come back a lot. Yeah, that's uh it's a huge deal and uh <laughs> it it will come it will come into play. I believe uh next week's episode you will be learning uh, a lot more about that. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty clever way to kind of just do it real fast to like slam his hand and then we'll kind of talk about you know then they talk about it a little later and it comes into play throughout the episode. He well, I guess the truck, you know, he gets a little hurt uh throughout the episode and it proves to not be that big a deal, which leads to the final scene's pretty cool. Uh, Nathan being able to shrug off what he does. So they meet the chief. We meet Chief Warnos, which in a cool, shocking reveal, we find out is Nathan's dad, who he refused, who he doesn't call dad. He just calls him the chief. Uh, what do you think of the chief? Uh, uh, first, like right on the uh, on the scene, the crime scene, I was, uh, you know, he was like, oh, it was, it was the typical federal agent versus local cop bullshit that is in every show. <laughs> oh, you're going to hamper our investigation and you're just wasting your time. We know what we're doing. It's just, it, it's a really tired and played out uh, theme. Yeah. I would wish, uh, I wish they would have di- handled it differently. Now, back in 2010, 
I probably thought it was okay. Yeah, and, and then Warnos, uh, he was Chief Warnos was my probably my least favorite character. And uh, in the beginning, it was Duke the first time, but this time really? it's probably Chief Warnos because yeah, I, it, just because I was so tired of that of, of that of that stance. I, I would love a show finally one time to be like where the the local and the FBI are like, yeah, this is great, let's work together <laughs> and let's get it let's get this taken care of. I but guess no, Nathan kind of had that opinion. He was like, all right, well, come on. But he, he's pretty dry. He's not enthusiastic. He's like, all right, let's go. Let's go investigate. Well, and <laughs> it, 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 he probably, you know, he wanted to piss off his dad. Yeah, true. <laughs> he wants to challenge the chief. Uh, I liked I liked the chief more like comedically, I guess. He feels, he feels maybe the most of a king character to me. He feels very... I've never been to Maine, but he feels like how a small town Maine chief of police would be like. I, th- I enjoyed the kind of curmudgeon attitude, the, his speech pattern. The rest of them kind of don't do accents or anything, but he, he really goes for it. Well, it, it, the guy who plays him is supposed to be this uh, legend up in Canada, a uh, legendary actor and that uh, everybody loves and thinks is awesome. So, and uh he does seem like a king character outside of he doesn't have like a like a stupid ass name you know he's not named ace or something which i doesn't have any so far or i can't remember any off the top of my head some like dumbass saying i know in the colorado kid book they well, they were saying vice versa instead of vice versa and i <laughs> wanted to rip the book in half well in in, in the book uh he's he really goes hardcore on uh doing the main accent and even spelling the words and even showing you how they're pronounced what they sound like when main people speak which makes you think that you you need an interpreter to go yeah. to the upper east coast <laughs> all right after that we kind of they kind of talk it's a it's a lot of boring exposition it's audrey is an orphan nathan doesn't have a good relationship with his dad haven's a small town lobster they find a hat up on the cliff she doesn't think he fell off the cliff, she of course thinks he was pushed or something's going on. Because Audrey's pretty intuitive, um, almost maybe a little too intuitive, but she's pretty intuitive. And then they go into town. This is all pretty like establishing stuff. You're kind of just seeing the town, the car, me, Nathan. He likes pancakes, hates lobsters. But I sure do like pancakes. Yeah, it's a good line, and it it's pretty awesome that it keeps coming back to him eating. The pancakes is a pretty big deal. I like pancakes, so I, I hate <laughs> I lobsters. Actually, I so. actually had pancake today. I had pancakes today. Just by pure coincidence, they were made. Uh, and well, that is uh, serendipitous. <laughs> yeah, pretty pointless, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay, so we go into town. Uh, Nathan is, I know who this hat belongs to. I think it's pretty strange that he knows who this hat belongs to. Does Nathan? Do you think Nathan has a secret, was a haberdashery? Is that what it's called? On the side, yeah, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he he runs his own, uh, you know, in the garage. He ha- does his own haberdashery, making hats. Uh, he specializes in for men with really big heads that can't find hats at normal stores. So yeah, I, uh, so yeah, he recognizes his hat that this guy wears. They go to what, an antique shop. Go to an antique shop. This guy who has like a personal space issue. Audrey doesn't want to respect it. Uh, I thought she was. I guess maybe this is a time difference, but I feel like in twenty twenty. If some guy, you know, was like, hey, I have PTSD from the war, don't come near me. And somebody was kind of getting in their grill, you would, and I think in 2020, you would catch people be like, hey, this character's kind of a dick for getting in his face about this. Do you think, did you think that or? Yeah, that's uh, exactly what I was thinking at the time was in, in this, you know, currently, yeah, if, you know, someone says, you know, we, we, we think a lot about our veterans and what they have gone through. And this, uh, there's no way you would just rush up, rush up on, on the person. You would need some, you would need some probable cause before you did, you, you did that and just went and grabbed them. But Nathan did kind of step in and try to yeah. you know, have her keep, keep a little space there. Which I guess pushes the Audrey's a bit intense. She's a bit aggressive. Uh, she doesn't have much tact. Oh, well, she is. Uh, she's like good at stuff, but sometimes she's a little tactless. Like she goes into the antiques shop, starts talking to Marion and Ted, uh, the two, the couple that run the antique shop, and they're like, "Oh, we're thinking of moving to where was it? it was was it Santa Monica? Santa Monica? Yeah." They're yeah. like, "Hey, we're thinking of moving to Santa Monica." She's like, "Oh yeah, I ran. A, I caught a pedophile and a serial killer there." <laughs> you know, which is pretty fun. It was a really funny moment. Uh, so it's safe now. Yeah, it's safe now. <laughs> But it kind of shows Audrey's lack of tact, right? That she's like, kind of forgets. She's, she doesn't have blunt. much of a personal life. She doesn't have much of a personal life, so she doesn't recognize. They don't want to talk about this stuff. Uh, her, she's yeah. Her job is her life, so exactly. that's really all she has. But that and her uh, teeny romance, uh, vampire romance novel. <laughs> yeah, 
no furniture whatsoever. I'm sorry, Conrad Brower is the guy outside with the hat, and he's very suspicious. You know how these shows go. Uh, it's a, you know, sci- Haven's a, one of those sci-fi monster of the week, case of the week shows. And he's kind of, there's a pretty patented formula where they want you to think one person's the, the problem. And then, you know, you're, towards the end of the episode, you're going to find out, oh, shit, it's, it's completely someone else completely, you know. Yeah, yeah, they, they love to do the bait and switch. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and Conrad's yeah, and, our bait. It's a supernatural police procedural for a lot of it, and uh, uh-huh. but it's there. There is an overarching story that we'll get to. Right. So they're trying to interview the couple inside. Uh, I don't. You know, they're gonna move. Her and Ted are dating. Conrad's a war vet. The only person he's close to is Mary, and none of that. It's kind of just expositiony. Right. But did, did you notice when Nathan was uh, was in there talking with them? Kind of the way he looked at Marion. I, I thought it looked like he was longing, looked longingly for her, towards her. And <laughs> maybe uh, that's so. just Lucas Bryant's. Just uh, that's just his look. I think he think he just longs for things. Primarily pancakes. Yeah. And the ability. Well, I don't know if he wants the ability to feel right now, considering the things are gonna ha- that happened to him. And, and, and not uh, <laughs> not before the end of the episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so the fog attacks, and this part probably, oh, it's funny, is in the commentary, they're like, oh, it looks so good. I know from a 2020 perspective, I was like, oh, these, gra- these special effects look pretty shitty. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things that hasn't probably aged so well as some of the effects, but yeah, I remember this is, a, we're working on a sci-fi budget in 2010, to be fair to them. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's back in the 70s where Doctor Who, where you could see uh, like a cigar case with a tube with a string on it to be a, supposed right. to be a rocket, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a step up, and uh, if they rebooted it today, they could really... Uh, do do a lot more cool effects oh my god where do we think haven ranks on lists of tv shows that need a reboot i think it's pretty low pretty close to the end yeah i i'd re i'd reboot eureka before i reboot uh yeah haven, for sure yeah yeah i think eureka is a more unique concept that uh to be rebooted and i don't know what warehouse 13's concept would they collected matt like Art- supernatural they collected, items uh, yeah supernatural artifacts yeah and you know secret wing of the federal government that you know had this warehouse 13 where they stored all of this stuff and sometimes problems arose and chaos inside the warehouse itself so it's a good show and uh, right. I, I just i just fell off i mean there's yeah. so much content out there it's so hard yeah it's hard to keep up with everything uh okay so this killer fog attack comes nobody can know nobody can see what's happening audrey uh you know nathan almost gets run over by a semi truck and audrey has to save him at the last second little exciting uh cliffhanger for the commercial and then and then i think the most important part we meet the the doctor or the the medic who i can't remember her name but she's going to be she shows up a lot like in the show moving forward but she's kind of a background she has like one line but i know she's important she, she she's very prominent as the show show goes on, and uh, so it's just one of the things. It's like a placeholder. She wants Nathan to get uh, get an MRI because he hit his head, his shoulder, and his head. But uh, you know, uh, Nathan didn't seem to feel a darn thing, and uh, of course, he jumped out. Yeah, uh, he's an MRI. He's a bit Terminatory, like just like hey, let's keep going on the case. But T uh, two uh, Terminator, Richard Patrick, not not Arnold. <laughs> no, not Arnold. Uh, and none of the other Terminators, because I think it's safe to say all other. T- I think all the other Terminator movies suck, but uh, besides the first two. Yep. We'll save that for the Terminator rewatch podcast. Uh, so next we have Dave and Vince, right? That's where we're introduced to the Teagues. And so both you and I read the Colorado Kid for this. So if you're not familiar, Haven is based off of a Stephen King short a novella called The Colorado Kid. It's for hard, uh, hard case crime. Let me double check that. Hard case, hard case crime series of books. And King wrote two, right? Colorado Kid and Joyland, right? And he's got a he's got one I think coming out this year. Uh, oh, really? I, th- I think he's got another hard crime uh, coming out in uh, like October or November. That's right? pretty cool. I didn't know that. He wrote this one, and they based the pilot off of the novella. But there's really not much. There's almost none connecting. We'll talk more about the book later. But the two most prominent characters are Vince and Dave, right? That from the book, from the novella, right? Well, and. The, one of the big things is is that they in Haven the TV show they are brothers, you know, right. and in the novella in, they're not. In the novella they're not brothers, and they're twenty five years apart. Uh, mm-hmm. Vincent is ninety, and uh, Dave is sixty five. And we'll, we'll we'll talk about that when we get get to the yeah. book. But, but so that, they were. 
as being the two characters from the well, I guess the chief also, right? Yep. The chief is in a flashback. Is kind of in in the story, but not actually. He's not present, but he's like talked about in the story. Um, but he's a lot younger at that point, I think, during the when they're referencing him in the novella. But these universes don't really connect. But Vince and Dave are the only two real carryover characters from the novella. And I guess Audrey's a bit of a version of Steffi, but once again, we'll get into that. She, she's a version of, yeah. uh, uh, she's definitely a version of Steffi because uh, Steph, we'll cover Steffi in the book, but the main thing is the Teagues were our mentors to her and we, we may see them mentor, mentor her in, down the road in Haven. You can already right. see bits and pieces of it forming in this episode. Did you like their introduction? Did you like kind of, I thought it was a bit rushed. I don't know. It, it's, it was a little goofy because yeah. they, made them, they made them seem kind of bumbling, but they're actually very, very intelligent guys. And, uh, you know, but, but they, they are, they're fun. They're, they're, the guys in the book are, are fun too. Yeah, they're really well. fun characters. So I, I felt a bit like that they wanted to use them in the later scenes at the police station, but needed to introduce them sooner. So it doesn't just seem weird that two newspaper guys like come into the police station and are like, hey, we're here to help you like solve this one thing you need solved. So they just threw them. They had no real convenient place to put them where it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Just kind of squeeze them in there after the fog attack and that, that'll that that'll have to do. Yeah, and then have them uh, bicker with each other like, yeah. well, would, like brothers do with their double bicycle, their tandem bicycle. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That's pretty uh, weird. <laughs> it is, you know, but yeah, I didn't like the way, way they did it, but yeah. The, the reality is, is that the Teagues are very much a part of the, the leadership of, of the town. That'll become more evident as we go through the episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nathan wants to go talk to somebody, some reprehensible figure in town down at, at the docks. And this turns out to be Duke Crocker, who isn't home at the time. What, Nathan goes back to the state or goes back to talk to Marion or something, and uh, Audrey stays there, gets on a phone call. The hailstorm happens. Something blows up, throws her in the water. And a tra- she, transformer, transformer blows up, yeah. Right, and then she wakes up in the boat, undressed, and, you know, she comes topside, and Duke is, it's the next morning, Duke's reading his news, his Chinese newspaper, drinking his coffee, he's got her clothes drying on a clothesline. I should just say, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on the scene, or, like, Duke, maybe in general, whichever one? Well, uh, the first time I watched it, uh, originally back in, 2010 uh, I thought he was kind of douchey I mean you know and I watched it in 2020 and he's kind of douchey <laughs> but I you know and I'll be honest I didn't even notice it was a Chinese newspaper either time uh, but that was pointed out in the commentary and it would make sense if he's a you know smuggler smuggler that he would uh, know multiple languages and that but he did save her and now, I would, now, when we talked about how, how, how his age, has it aged well since uh, 2010, boy, in 2020, a woman wakes up and someone has put her naked in the bed, that might be, that might be problematic. So Yeah, I think that's something that, like, TV shows and movies are still showing as, like, a bit charming. Like, you know, Indiana Jones could do that, right? Like, oh, you know, you got, you know, you fell into, you know, whatever. So, I, you know, you're drying your clothes. Like, you know, don't worry about it. Whereas, like, 2020... You're like, hey, whoa, whoa, this girl was unconscious and you took all her clothes. Hey, you know, uh, but the, the main waters are freezing cold. So I medically and everything, yeah, get the clothes off her because they're just making her colder. But, you know, you're kind of like, hey, yeah. Uh, like, right, uh, right. No, I, 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 told, I think it's totally reasonable. But I, th- I just think at this day, you know, in the current time, some people might be offended by that and think that that's just not cool. But, but I mean, not to harp too much on that, but it is cool when he gives her the pink little flip phone. I thought that was funny. Yeah. So yeah, Duke gives her a pink razor to replace her broken phone, and uh, that was a nice little, nice little touch. I, 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 like I said, Duke used to be my favorite. Uh, I think his character type was really popular at the time. Is like, uh, and maybe it still is. I think Ryan Reynolds still like tries to pull this off, but he's like the kind of snarky douchebag guy that you're like half charmed by, half want to like strangle them. You know, where you're like, oh, like, but that's supposed to be like cool. Uh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. You mean uh, every character he plays? Yeah, I just watched an episode of Don't, that game show thing him and Adam Scott do. It's I think it's fucking awful. Like, And I think his he kind of narrates it. He's the executive producer, and he narrates it and kind of just inserts little Ryan Reynolds jokes every once in a while. Like, just, you know, that only, you know, the audience or the viewers can hear. People on the show can't hear it. And it's, I think it's fucking dreadful. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I do not because believe it or not, I watch Holy Moly before it because Rob Riggle and Jill uh, Tessator are freaking hilarious. You, you gotta like Riggle though. He's a yeah. And not, now I'm going far, far afield on, on well, no problem. But Duke, Duke, yeah, like I said, I, I like the character more now. But you gotta remember at the time back in 2010, uh, he oh, was Skyline. Uh, Skyline was like in a year or two, right? Like he got to star in an actual movie. I mean, it sucked. I uh, I thought, but uh, but he got to actually star in a Hollywood movie that like was you know not because a lot of TV stars don't make the jump, right? A lot of TV right. stars aren't considered for Hollywood movies, right? Like all those Arrowverse people on CW, people who are on you know TNT's shows and stuff. You, well, TNT actually gets like movie stars, but CW especially and sci-fi don't really the stars don't really transition to film. Like they usually stay in TV. Well, Eric Balfour was, you know, he, he, most people knew him before that for 24. He had, you know, recurred multi, recurring role on, on 24 uh-huh. as Milo. and uh, That's what I liked him from. I remembered yeah. him from 24. And then he was hot outside of that. He wasn't just in television film work. He was uh, the spokesperson for uh, Col- uh, Valentino Cologne. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was Valentino 5 Cologne. He was the face of it. So you've got he's modeling and everything. So he, he was hot and that, that was probably about as good of a get as they could get for that show casting. Cause well, he's really the only non kind of Canadian. The rest of them did a lot of Canadian TV. He's kind of like the main American right actor, right. right? Emily Rose and Lucas Bryant. They're like, they do Canadian stuff predominantly, right? Lucas Bryant does. Yeah. He, he's yeah. Canadian. Uh, Emily Rose uh, hasn't really done a, she's, she still works and she just doesn't do as much as she used to. He was he was their main get for their. He was the most uh, probably famous of of the cast members. And like I said, uh, the other guy who's most famous is the guy who plays Dave because he was on Trailer Park Boys, the, the yeah. original Trailer Park Boys, and uh, the second one. Which is just a crazy, crazy side note is that uh, Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses is, is a huge Trailer Park Boys fan, and he once <laughs> got the guy who plays Dave to come up on stage while they were rocking. Well, Jesus. they weren't rocking because it's not the original Guns N' Roses, so. So we're pretty off track there. Uh, <laughs> please listen to the next episode. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought that was a good introdu- introduction to Duke. Keep trying to combine introduce and introduction and Duke. Because he also is, what I wanted to talk about also is I thought this episode did a really good job of, I thought, I actually think the best thing it did, this pilot, was show the kind of stark difference between uh, Nathan and Duke. Because uh, you may not know if you haven't watched it yet, but if you have, then you'd obviously know that they're, that this is kind of the setup of a love triangle, right? Uh, Nathan is the more responsible, kind of nice guy, and Duke's the kind of bad boy, right, that you, you want to get with, but you know that it's probably irresponsible. What was really cool was they kind of did a lot of symbolism and just not just like beyond like that, not just that stuff, but beyond that, they did a lot of symbolism. Like uh, Nathan is very, you know, stoic. He's very serious. He's very dry. He's very responsible. And to me, that was kind of, he drives like a truck, right? He's very of, of the earth. And that, that, I'll just say that'll come into play later. He's very of the earth, very like ground-based person. Whereas Duke is, you know, he's a bit of a liar and the truth is more malleable to him. And he's more about flirting and he's about going to flow and he doesn't, you know, he's not like, oh, I need to help people with Haven. It's just kind of, I need to do whatever I need to do to kind of succeed and get by and get what I want. It's very fluid. So I thought they did a good job of Nathan is this kind of earthy rock personality and Duke is this very water fluid character. So the differences and then and then the, the eternal drama of like who is who is Audrey Parker gonna choose between the two of them? Unless yeah. you're reading the fanfic where they say forget her and get together. Because I've heard that's a thing. I haven't read any yet. Maybe I will for the po- maybe we'll do a special episode for the podcast of our favorites. <laughs> Do our favorite Duke Nathan <laughs> shipping? Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to explore that at some some other point. But uh, it is I, I agree with you. Uh, Nathan is uh, is earthy. He he drives a Bronco. You can always trust someone who drives a Bronco. Well, maybe maybe not everyone. You were uh, too young. You were too young to remember OJ. Oh yeah, yeah, that's before, true. That's true. <laughs> before you were born, you you just <laughs> missed OJ. You were alive for the riots. I, no, I was. I heard I was alive for the. I heard I watched the uh, as a baby. Obviously, I wouldn't remember. Mm, yeah. The uh, the chase scene, scene the chase reporting. I guess they made right. it seem like a an event. Oh, it. 
it was quite the quite the event. So okay, but, so. And, and then back back and then Duke, Duke is, but it, it does it sets it up and, and Nathan makes a point that he's been putting up with Duke's uh, bullshit since he was like what five? Did he say five? Something like that. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, and, and that's something that's cool. That's something that brings me back, makes me want to watch future episodes because what the hell went on between those two that that, that clearly at one time were friends. If you've uh-huh. known him since he was five, they were friends. What happened? So that sets it up. And then you're also, like I said, they're setting up the love triangle, you know, all going all against all odds on it, you know, with uh, Duke being James Woods and uh, and Nathan being uh, Bridges. <laughs> so that, that, that's well before your time. Yeah. So what? They go after the hailstorm. Audrey goes to – she goes to arrest Conrad. Is that the next thing? And she gets pushed across, like, into the car, I think. You know, she goes to confront Conrad. She goes to, like, arrest him, and they're struggling, and Marion's freaking out, and Audrey gets thrown across, hits the car. Uh, she arrests him. Meanwhile, Nathan's arrested Duke, right? And they they meet at the police station. They meet at the police station, which uh, <laughs> you get used to seeing a, a lot of Duke at the police station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's when we're first, that's all, you know, they're kind of arguing and, you know, Duke's doing his like funny guy thing. But I think the real important next part is like the Colorado kid picture, right? That Dave and Vince kind of show up with. That's the kind of, that's the next big thing that, that, goes on there because yeah. uh, she's she gets settled into what's going to be her temporary workspace in an office she shares with uh, Nathan Dave, Dave and Vincent come in and you know they're trying to get dirt on you know what's going on with the case because they're they're the local newspaper you know they, they want yeah. the scoop but that's not the only reason why they're there they're also there because they want to show her uh, a, a picture off of their newspaper from 26 years ago when they introduced the story of the Colorado kid, there's a picture of someone who looks exactly like Audrey Parker on a beach holding the kid's hand that 26 years ago. And that becomes the central mystery of the entire series. Yeah, because I, I think we forgot to mention earlier that Vince, uh, when he first sees Audrey, he goes like, wow, you look really familiar. Yeah, he does. He, he even he mentions it. He, he kind of like raises his eyes up and then he, he, he mentions and she's like, no, man, we, we've never met. <laughs> uh, I've never been to Maine. <laughs> Why would I go to Maine? <laughs> yeah, we don't learn too much about the photo. We're kind of just like, we're kind of just introduced to it and, we're, and it's kind of just like, well, it's the mystery, but we never really figure out much more i figure really because the showrunners what were the names again uh ernst and dunn ernst and dunn i think they really just wanted to set up a procedural thing right i think they just wanted monster of the week and weren't too concerned with a big overall story they just were like yeah throw a mystery in we'll kind of address it later what because they leave you said after season three they they're done yeah ernst and dunn moved on i don't i haven't figured out what they all you know what reasons why and all of that but yeah you know Maybe they're just probably tired of it or whatever, had a better gig going on. So, but it seems after they left, then whoever took over was like dead set on like, we should actually address and answer all this stuff. Because season four is when the big stories start ramping up from what I remember. Right. And because, uh, yeah, it's it's basically a supernatural pol- police procedural. And, and there are things peppered in there over over the seasons. And uh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to go too far down the road with that. But what I like about it is uh, Audrey's, uh, she's dogged. She's determined. Even though now she's got this new, new mystery upon her, she gets back mm-hmm. to her case. She gets right back to her case you know the solve the case save the day and even play matchmaker yeah the dave and vince come over and this is what i was saying before that their initial introduction was just kind of an excuse to get them to help her there and they you know look up because conrad brower admits to everything he's like oh yeah i threw him off the cliff you know arrest me send me to jail but as we all know there's like a 15 minutes left in the episode we know it's not that easy <laughs> and we know the drill by now with these types of shows is uh we know something's up so you know and audrey's got her intuitive feeling and she's like ah this doesn't feel right so they look up weather patterns and you know she's like yeah let's keep looking about conrad and and nathan wright is kind of like oh yeah whatever i don't know and the chief is resisting a lot too he's like I, you're full of shit this isn't a real case yeah it's uh you know suicide yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's but, accurate uh, to police <laughs> yeah that that is accurate and the thing is she's doing this with uh with vincent and dave because uh they logged on to their database and uh on her laptop so you know they could access their headlines 
And that, that's where they find the connections between uh, Marion and Conrad. Yeah, exactly. Marion always has these weather patterns that show up wherever she is, show up wherever she is. And that's how they kind of figure it out. And, you know, they're like, oh, you know, why? You know, we knew Conrad, uh, not Conrad Brower. So we knew, uh, we knew Jonas Lester had a, a, a secret partner. And by that point, if you haven't figured it out, it's pretty obvious that her new fiance, he needs her to forward the cash for their new place that he just bought in Santa Monica, you know, is scamming her. You it's pretty figure, obvious. Yeah. yeah. Shows yeah. like this introduce like three characters and you're like, okay, one of them's the bad guy. And this guy's dead. This guy's the obvious person. It's not going to be her because she's the victim. So it's got to be this Ted guy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, w- it wouldn't take Scooby and the gang long to figure it out. <laughs> no. So you figure out it's Ted. Audrey rushes off to go get him. And Marion's already confronting him because she f- had called. You know, Audrey had called Marion. She's going to confront him. And it's huge. And Nathan's like, where are you going to go? And it's clearly the eye of the storm. There's a huge fucking hurricane happening in the middle of... Maine. Yeah, but she's got her duty, and she she arrives on the scene. And uh, funny thing, uh, Nathan still wouldn't release Duke. <laughs> yeah, he's still yeah no, no yeah. So you know, Marion's confronting Ted. There's the storm. Ted eventually breaks character and is like, "Fuck you, I'm out of here." And that's yeah. when Audrey shows up. And what's cool about this scene is like Audrey does what she's best at, which is talking down the people that are being troubled as we'll learn in, in you know very soon what that means but people that these mysterious circumstances are happening to audrey has a has a knack for talking them through things and i thought that was she, she has great de-escalation skills yeah, right. yeah. And, uh, even though she's super aggressive with other things i think she knows when to turn the compassion on to to de-escalate as you said yeah, because uh, Marion's in full X-Men storm mode. Yeah. I mean, she's full-on ready to destroy everything around Ted, including uh, Audrey and probably herself. And then Nathan also shows up. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, and uh, what happens then? Ted gets blown away and uh, finds his gun and tries to shoot Audrey and Audrey and Marion and well actually no he just flat out tried to shoot Nathan yeah, yeah Nathan I, starts I, chasing him down and he just shoots him and Nathan can't feel it so he just keeps fucking like he's the Terminator just keeps running so that was, that was cool I, it, it's nice what's uh I'll talk about this well so you know everything's resolved and I'll talk about what I was going to say here for the next part is you know everything's resolved but our last little denouement the little bow on on the package is um Audrey's talking to Conrad you know now that he's been proven innocent and uh uh, Marion's standing on the beach and Audrey's like, you know, go talk to her. You're the one that can make her feel better. You know, she can't be having storms happen around her. So you need to like make sure she's okay. And what's nice is Conrad, you know, the the nice irony or whatever we want to call it is that as a person who doesn't want anyone physically close to him to be able to save the day, Conrad has to hold her hand and emotionally let her in. Right. When he, that's something he's very averse to. Right. She, she wants to touch, grab his hand and she says, pulls back. She goes, I know, watch my, watch the perimeter. And then he realizes he's got to be the one to make the move, which yeah. was, you know, some might say it's, it's cheesy, but you know, it's, it's we all want to, we want a happy ending though. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of one thing that, you know, I like about Conrad was uh, so earlier, like when they first were investigating at uh, the cliff site, you know, it was in a, like a state park and it had this really funky uh, Native American name, uh, Tawua Walk. I can't even pronounce it. I think it. that it's close to that. I don't know if it's that yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I, forgive me, you know, I can barely say Giannis's last name and I, you know, I, I won't even do that on the air. But uh, so uh, Nathan tells her it's, it, it's Native American for welcome to Haven. But then at the end with Conrad, Conrad tell, tells her what it full mean is Haven for God's orphans. So mm. that, yeah, I forgot about that part. That was interesting. That, so we are going to learn a heck of a lot more about that on, uh, you know, on future episodes, because it's kind of the key, key to the show. One of the other keys. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. So it's nice to show really, we got a, we got a couple, two more scenes we'll talk about, but just real quick, what I like is that it wraps up. It's very neat. It's very neat. Um, maybe some people don't like that, but I like it. It's it's nice that, like, you know, we're introduced to Nathan can't feel things, but it comes in handy. You know, it almost gets him killed, but it comes in handy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an episodic, you know, show. I mean, they... W- they knew they had a full season. They were, you know, they were shooting. So, and a lot of times with weekly television, that that's what a lot of viewers uh, really want. They want to see resolution. They're okay with having an overarching story that, that takes seasons sometimes mm-hmm. to resolve. I think people are okay with that, 
but eventually you got to have some people that want some satisfaction. So at least this one, boom. Yeah. No one really cared about what happened to old Jonas, but, uh, you know, but (laughs) we got forgotten the wrong person got caught. You know, Ted, Ted got, Ted got arrested and Conrad and Marion got together and everything was happy. Yeah. Uh, And so like our last two scenes are, you know, Audrey gets flowers for Nathan, right? It's flowers because he, his sense of smell is pretty strong. So he, you know, likes things like that because he can't feel stuff. Um, and she wants to say thank you. It was interesting was in the commentary. They talk about how originally that scene had a kiss. And if they hadn't gotten the full, so as we said before, the show got a full season rather than, so the normal procedure is you shoot a pilot and then you submit it in like NBC or CBS or sci-fi, whoever will watch the pilot and they'll be like, eh, no thanks, pass. But, but if they don't, if they're like, you know what, we'll take it. They order the rest of the series, right? So, so that's why you'll see a lot of the times the first episode is super different from the rest of the show. I'm trying to so think. I think Eureka, Eureka, things look very different from the in the pilot than they do from the rest of the series. And I think it even has a character who just stops showing. I can't remember the circumstances, but one character just doesn't make it from the pilot to the rest of the series because I think that actor wasn't available. But Haven doesn't really have that problem. Everything looks consistent. That is the police station. That is the town. These are the vehicles. These are the characters you're going to be dealing with. Well, they had the benefit of knowing they had yeah. a full season. So, and that's why they would have left the kiss, kiss in if they were trying to right. you know, get dig the hook in to, to get, yeah. you know, get the funding. But yeah, we got it. You know, they don't have to get our attention because they don't have, they're not worried about getting the network with like, you know, cause normally it's like, well, you, you got to squeeze in a romance, but they didn't have to worry about that because they had the full series to order. Which is, which was great. Yeah, I mean, because now that sets up, uh, you know, like I said, the, the love triangle angle, mm-hmm. which <laughs> so uh, kind of redundant there, but it sets it up and they don't have to give, you know, have one guy off to the off to a fast start. Yeah, so, uh, I, I really I really like that. During that scene, one of the things I really love is uh, Nathan's really skeptical about because like Marion can control the weather. <laughs> we don't know that. And uh, and then. Uh, Audrey says something, uh, I remember the line, when you rule out everything else, you have to accept what's left, which is super cool because that was one of the main things that the Teague brother, uh, well, they weren't brothers in, in the book. It's one of the main things they taught the female lead in, in the Colorado Kid story was that, mm-hmm. you know, you have to rule everything out like a journalist does, but you have to accept what's left. And Nathan wasn't willing to. He's like, nah. <laughs> really <laughs> and then but she was like yeah but no so that's how uh to be ironic later um <laughs> yes uh, very soon we will we, we will get to that uh <laughs> agent howard you know audrey calls agent howard's like hey i'm gonna stay here there's other things i need to get done you know he calls someone else and, and says what does he say he says she's staying She's staying. Maybe she can help you with your troubles. Right. So, so right off the bat, you know that, that I, I really love that scene. She's actually at the site of the of the, the picture of the Colorado kid. Right. That's right. You know, that's where, right. Where the body was found. She's standing there and almost almost she didn't have a holding the boy's arm. I mean, that's really cool. And then, but it, what I really like about it is that you know she's going to take some vacation time, which of you know Howard's like. Sure. (laughs) And then we look over and we see Howard is parked not too far away and you can visibly see where she is, you know, and then he makes his call and it says she's staying and she's going to help you with your, maybe she can help you with your troubles, which is basically the whole premise of the procedure. Like they said, uh, the supernatural procedural every week. Right. We got to always end with a little mystery um, just to keep us hooked kind of to move into what we thought about the episode overall what did you think about the pilot at the time and what do you think about it now like would has this aged well because i'm assuming we obviously liked it back in 2010 we watched well you watched the whole show i almost watched all of it we obviously liked the pilot but did this did this age well like from 2010 to 2020 I think it has actually, and uh, be, just because of the characters, there's really not. Yeah, there's a lot of like police procedurals out there, but not uh-huh. not supernatural, not with the supernatural in it like this, and this overarching uh, mystery, which we're you know it's just everything's pointing towards supernatural. I mean, so mm-hmm. I I think there's not a lot out there on that. I mean, the problems with it 
being today is that uh, there's just so much content out there. Yeah. You know, since everybody and their mother's uncle has their own streaming service and uh, it's, there's a lot of content, but I think it would have gotten, I, I think it, I think it would be made this, the effects would obviously be, be a lot better. I bet you, you go to Nova Scotia or in Maine, it still looks uh, that towns like there's a lot of towns that look still like that. There's still people probably driving the, that Bronco <laughs> like that there. And the, the men, they probably dress very similar too. Yeah. Now, the I, women's fa- women's fashion probably changed in 10 years, but I thought for starters that the, I thought the town itself was really charming. Um, I think that's like a big appeal is like, there's something charming about a small town kind of like that. A lot of shows, I don't know if a lot of shows have, what sci-fi had where you could get attached to the community like of the characters uh and the setting i like that and then i guess this leads into my other question was going to be if 2020 you hadn't heard of haven would you be interested in this show like now if you if someone you know you saw the pilot on netflix or amazon or hulu would you be like watching this pilot would that draw you in yeah it, it would draw me in because so right off the bat i'm gonna watch it if it, you know it's got stephen king's name on it uh, I'm, I'm gonna watch yeah. it yeah you know okay um, I'm going to have some reservations and some trepidation be based on a lot of the stuff that, you know, they've done of King's work Mm -hmm. on screen, but I would watch it just, just for that reason alone. I mean, and then if it was, uh, if it was shit, then I would, uh, you know, I'd fail (laughs) after a few, few episodes, but like you said, it sets up a nice town, good characters. Yeah. Nathan may seem a little bland, but he's going to get a a bit more exciting as time goes by. Duke's your, your, your dastardly scoundrel. Uh, So it's got good characters. It's got a good mystery. I want to know who's on that picture. Is it her? How is it? That's impossible. Mm -hmm. Time travel's not real. Or is it an aunt? Is it her mom or something? I want to know what that mystery is. And I want to learn more of what's going on, going on in this town, this, this haven for God's orphans. Uh, I, I want to know more about that. So I would think the great majority of people who actually stuck, took the time and watched the entire episode would watch the second episode. Most people. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's a bit by the numbers and I think in such a competitive time period, I don't know that tons of people would be drawn to Haven naturally or like are on their own. I think with the promise, the idea is one, you're right that Stephen King is a selling point, just the name, right? Just that alone will get like my attention and a lot of people's attention like, well, maybe I should check this out. Like the end of the dome TV show, which blows ass. Uh, CBS. Yes. CBS. Um, But I think this would be, it would be really, really hard to like, I think, catch my attention. The show would also be made completely different. I think case of the week, monster of the week shows aren't really in fashion anymore. But you know, I think this is a really good one. It just depends on if you like that style. And I know I read a lot of people on the internet say that they're not as into case of the week, monster of the week type shows anymore, or that's a negative for them. But I think, I think it works, especially people will get attached to the characters. And I think the town itself is charming enough. You just have to, I don't want to say you just, just wait for three seasons to be over and it'll get good. (laughs) It's not that case. It's good now. Don't worry about that. It's good right now. But I think just taking your foot off the gas, or I would say, honestly, like taking your foot a little off the gas of the big mystery and enjoy the moment a bit with the show. Cause I think the characters are more enjoyable than, I initially thought than I remember them being, I should say. Right. And that's, uh, you know, like I, I think, I think it would get made. Uh, it might be made, like you said, differently, you know, not every network, you know, it probably wouldn't make network TV. I mean, if it was CBS, they would all be in their seventies, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's how you can tell when you're getting old, uh, despite how many CBS shows you watch, you watch more than four <laughs> CBS shows. I guarantee you're over 50. And uh, by the I way, mean, I don't. Now that I'm in my late twenties, I've, I've only got one. No, that's not Survivor. true. Now I'm adding Amazing Race and soon Big Brother to the docket. So I guess Big that, Brother. Oh Big God, Brother started older. last night. I know I've been seeing the tweets, but I don't really know. I don't know how Big Brother really works, so I don't. I don't understand. I heard all I saw was Table Maze over and over. That's for another. That's for another podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll cover that on the Big Brother podcast. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> that there's a, about a, a million of, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I do think, but like I said, I do think it would be made. I, I think sci-fi would do it. FX wouldn't touch something like this. I don't think well, currently. Oh, you're right. Because or from what I've heard is that they are less, at the moment, uh, when I heard this was, I think, back in April of 2020, was that they weren't interested in doing anything that was supernatural-esque. They were trying to go for more grounded dramas at the time. So especially not now. Maybe 
if you're listening to this in 2024, 2025, then FX is, uh, what FX is looking for might have changed. But right now, definitely not. They would not be interested in Haven. Yeah, and one of the streaming platforms might have been willing willing to do it. I mean, Netflix seems that they have a requirement that they must do 50 original shows a year or something like that. Yeah, so. something crazy. Uh, so, yeah, and Netflix does stuff where a company will, like, pr- you know, will go through production and then Netflix will just, like, kind of purchase or like do the distribution so some canadian network could or some canadian production company could make haven and somebody like i would imagine somebody like netflix or hulu or amazon would pick it up it's just a matter of if it would yeah, take. Th- th- those three will take more risks yeah you know they'll, they'll take more 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 swings than uh and they've and they've done ones. a lot of king original stuff right like netflix has 1922 i know i'm forgetting something else amazon did or hulu did the james franco Kennedy assassination one. I want to say Amazon had one too. AMC did Nosferatu, but that's Stephen King's son. Yeah, that's Joe. Joe Hill. Oh uh, well, yeah, I guess in that the Netflix did Joe Hill's Lock and Key also. Did they? Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't to... realize that. All right, that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, we do weekly releases, so if you check back in a week, in one week there'll be a new episode for you to listen to. We're going to be just moving sequentially through. If you want to reach us by email, you can reach us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. That's troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. You can find our podcast anywhere you listen to, like Apple Podcasts, Google, Podbean, Stitcher, all those places. Um, You can find all our episodes also on our website at troubledpodcast.com. We have news there, and it'll keep you updated on stuff like our Patreon page. That's where we'll be doing extra episodes, bonus exclusive content for patrons. It's called Troubled with Extra Syrup because of the, you know, we love our pancakes here pancakes. In, in Haven, Maine. So the first extra episode we'll be doing is uh, The Colorado Kid, the novella by Stephen King that Haven is based off of. We're going to be doing just full coverage on that one. Um, it probably won't be as lo- quite as long as our normal episodes, but, you know, it's still going to be good. And we'll keep you updated on whatever, what's coming every month for those extra episodes. But we want to thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, if you like all that, go check it out. There'll be a bunch of links in the show notes. We appreciate you listening to us, and we hope you come back and return to Haven with us again. Please be safe, and most importantly, never let your troubles get you down.